and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. Normally, this is the part where I say court is in session, but if you live in the Buffalo area, you know that courts, uh, public buildings, most anything where there is a gathering is closed today because we are getting socked by some serious winter weather, potential blizzard happening in Buffalo uh, this evening. This is a first for Drew and I. We are actually doing this show via Skype. Ironically enough, it is not snowing currently anymore where Drew is, and it's not quite snowing yet where I am, but in between where we live is a big mother honking winter storm that's causing a lot of problems out there for Buffalo. So instead of leaving you with no show for two weeks in a row, we decided to try this wonderful experiment called Skype. So... Court's not in session, the building's closed, but Drew and I are kind of hanging out in chambers with with a with a fine ale. Just kind of, we're going to reminisce about the year that was in 2017. So welcome to this episode. Drew, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm fine. You're uh, fine? Yeah. That's it's better. It's Yeah, well, I had uh, no voice last week, whereas now I just have sort of a strained voice. So I'm not sure if you can tell, but... It's a bit, uh, it's been better. It's been better. You sound fine to me. Yeah, eh, a little, <laughs> little squeaky a bit. Get my uh, my Simpsons kid on once in a while. Still coming back. Was it laryngitis or just like... Well, I was, fight, I was fighting uh, something of a cold um, a few days prior to Christmas. And then on Christmas, I woke up with a pretty bad sore throat and my ears hurt. So... Whatever it was kind of settled uh, into my throat region, and uh, as a result of that, uh, yeah, basically it kind of resulted in some laryngitis. So took a few days for me to kind of get my bearings back and sound somewhat normal. But I'm okay now. Good, good. So how were your weeks aside from the, the loss of the voice? Pretty good, man. Holidays were nice. And uh, New Year's was equally nice. So uh, I'm not sure if we want to get into like the whole Christmas spirit and whatnot and recap everybody. But, um, you know, I, I was, it was good. We uh, I played host for Christmas Day for the entire day for the f- first time, really, which was uh, interesting due to a lot of uh, confusion in planning this year. We didn't go to my father's like we normally do for dinner. So they ended up coming to us, which was great. So I spent uh, the morning making brunch for my mother. And, uh, and then I spent the afternoon prepping to make dinner for my father and for, uh, the wife's family as well. And they all came over. So I made pretty, uh, diesel batch of sauce and meatballs and spare ribs. And it was nice. It was nice. Nice. Decent Christmas haul. Can't complain. Yeah. Got my record player. It's baller. I love it to death. Yes. There have been many, many posts on the Facebook, uh, <laughs> What record is Drew listening to now? Well, I'm listening to your dulcet tones, sir. So, uh, but um, I've been giving everything a spin, actually. So, lots of Nine Inch Nails, lots of Metallica. Um, everything's sounding fantastic. So, it's been great. Looking forward to beefing up my collection. I got some uh, some more stuff eyed up. Although this does get to be kind of a pricey hobby, so I got to be really choosy about what I get. Yeah. Um, so I'm just looking for the white whales, and I'll and you know when when those come, I'll be I'll be happy. A couple records coming out in a couple weeks. Um, the new Machine Head album is coming, um, so I have that coming in, 
and the new Joe Satriani record is coming as well, and I'm really psyched for that one. So um, that's cool. Um, trying to think of that. What were my other big, big gifts that uh, I received? Not that it's about you know size and, and whatnot. It's all about what you you care about. Got some nice work clothes, which uh, unfortunately I do need in my real life. Um, I wish I could just wear jeans and t-shirts all the time, but such is. So uh, that's cool. Um, no real uh, gaming video games of note, although I did get a board game that I am now in love with. Oh, yeah? What's that? I think you know, sir. I got Luchador. Oh, I... Yes, Luchador! Luchador is uh, Luchador awesome. Wrestling Dice. We broke that out Friday night, Saturday night, actually. Um, and you were instantly in love with the glory that is Luchador Dice Wrestling. It's great. Whoever the, the guys who made that game clearly understand wrestling. So it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic game that combines some of my favorite things, that being dice and wrestling. So uh, very fun game. And I like the fact that we kind of winged it on our own rules for a triple threat match, and it worked out pretty good. Yeah, it's very house rule friendly, that game. You can like the, the things we're going to be able to make up for it. I think are going to be pretty cool. So yeah, that um uh, I mean that's more or less Christmas. Um it was great. Um New Year's uh I guess I mean we had fun with our, our other friends that we do uh about a monthly kind of game and dinner uh standing date with and we had a good time, but the, I think the big the big news coming out of Christmas is uh or I'm sorry, New Year's, and that being that uh, uh hell ha- hath frozen over, sir. Yes. And the uh, the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs. Woo! I'm not ready for this. I never thought I'd live to see this day. <laughs> I I knew that they would make it back eventually, you know, law of averages and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be this year. I thought, like, I thought, seriously thought what was going to happen was going to be like, because what we needed to get in, it was, we dive into, you know, brief sports analogy here. What we need to get in was we needed to win and either the Baltimore Ravens needed to lose or both the Tennessee Titans and the San Diego, or the Los Angeles Chargers needed to lose. I thought what was going to happen was that all three of those teams were going to lose. The Bills will be up two touchdowns at the half and then blow it in the second half. Because to me, that was the most Buffalo way it could have possibly gone. Yeah, I was definitely curious. Uh, I think I posed the question on Facebook earlier in the morning. Like, there's a lot of scenarios in play here, but what is the billsiest scenario? <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the Bills are in the playoffs, and Buffalo is feeling good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Lose it. Losing in the Winter Classic the next day didn't even phase our, our mood. Well, I think that's because the Sabres are just, a, you know, a unfortunately dumpster a dumpster fighter right now. So, you know, but the uniforms were nice, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're... Oh can, no, not bad. Can I can I voice a little complaint about the Winter Classic though? Yeah, sure. It's there's a lot of things that obviously one can find annoying about the national perception of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The one thing that drives me crazy is that anytime something is taking place that's involving Buffalo, do we really have to involve the Goo Goo Dolls? Uh, you know, that's a great point. Um, apparently, that's the only band of note to come out of Buffalo, and uh, that's kind of a shame. So, I mean, I'm right here. If they need a band for Buffalo, yeah. I mean, 
book me. I'm I'm here. Give me a call. You're, I'll you're, do it. You're a band. You're a singer. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Actually, New Year's Day might have been a little rough, but I I could I could have made it happen. It's okay. <laughs> For the money, you would have been. Oh, paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll I'll find a way, sir. I'll I'll eat a whole box of lozenges if it if it means payday. So. <laughs> Drew uh, uh, finds a way. Yeah, exactly correct. Um, <laughs> but no, that's, I mean, you know, that aside, dude, it's just been uh, lounging around. I had the week off from work. Um, I didn't get nearly as much done as I wanted to because my voice was shot and it kind of took the motivation out of me. But, um, you know, it was it was good. Pretty good. I spent a lot of time playing Doom on Switch, actually. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love that game so much, and the fact that it's on Switch now just is like super cool to me. That's pretty sweet. So, uh, basically, that's been it. Uh, how were your weeks, holidays, New Year's, and whatnot? Uh, the weeks were good. Uh, Christmas was great. Where our Christmas happens in three phases. Uh, phase one is Christmas Eve at Julie's parents' house with her family because they do all their Christmas stuff on Christmas Eve. Uh, so that was fun. We were over there with the boy. He was looking adorable and whatnot. Um, everything went smoothly. And then Christmas morning, it's just kind of us, her and I with William. And then phase three is Christmas uh, evening dinner at my mom's and that's very laid back and relaxed and pajama pants and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, I've, I got, I got some, some really cool stuff for Christmas. Got some cool board games. Yeah. Uh, got a Klondike rush, a tiny Epic Western, a great little game called Knoxford. Uh, Alan very generously gave me a copy of Roll for the Galaxy. My friend Jim got me a couple games, Dominion, Mr. Jack, and the Resistance. So the uh, the next Duty Dice Day is going to be uh, pretty stacked, pretty uh, pretty good. Um, but also, uh, Julie, the amazing wife that she is, uh, got me a Nintendo Switch. Ooh, welcome to with, the ranks. With a copy of Super Mario Odyssey. Which I have been playing nonstop since Christmas, obviously. All right. Um, last night, I finished the New Donk City stage and participated in the festival, and that was just absolutely incredible. I told uh, you that the yeah the ending of that level is, is a celebration of Mario through the ages, and it's just masterfully done. I, I love yeah. that part so much. It's it's so great. And it's funny because I, I mentioned to you and Al in our group chat, like when you start that level, it's like rainy and dreary and whatnot. And I just had the quick thought of, oh, so this would be like if Warner Brothers did Mario. <laughs> Mario, <laughs> Mario by way of Zack Snyder. Yeah, there's there's not much color and it's constantly raining. So, yeah, I'm I'm loving the game. It's it's crazy fun. Um I mentioned to you, I think it could be a little more challenging, but it does not by any means detracting from the enjoyment and the fun factor of the game. I think as I remarked uh, to you, the challenge is there, but uh, you got to kind of look for it. Um, and if you do, like acquiring all the, the moons is, is a daunting task, and there's a, there's a lot of challenge there. Yeah, well, we'll see. You'll see. Um, Once you start moon hunting, you'll, you'll be... 
in a fit of rage. <laughs> so uh, that was that. New Year's was, uh, you know, I'm old, so New Year's now is kind of laid back and relaxing. Uh, but Julie and I were both asleep on the couch, I think, by 11.15. Um, we woke up in time for the ball drop, and then we just went to bed after that. You know, New Year's is one of those things I think is a, is a youngster's game nowadays. Um, yeah, like I poked around to see if some people were doing stuff, but no one was like, I didn't want to do anything crazy. And most people already had plans, so we just kind of chilled up ourselves. Uh, so that was, that was pretty much it. Oh, um, one thing I want to mention, I know I mentioned this to you previously, but I want to mention it again for the sakes of the show. Uh, I came across a new show on Netflix called uh, The Toys That Made Us. Ah. Uh, this is a, they say it's an eight-part documentary, but I guess they've only released the first four. And it's about four uh, 45-minute episodes. Uh, the first one is Star Wars. Uh, the second one is Barbie. The third one is G.I. Joe. And the fourth is He-Man. So these are little mini documentaries about like how the toys came about, how they you know became popular and into the cultural zeitgeist and whatnot. Um, I think you will really enjoy the G.I. Joe one. Uh, it's got like Larry Hama in it. And nice. Everything. It's, uh, it's really good. You know, taught me some stuff, whether or not it'll teach you anything. I'm sure you already know a lot of the stuff they talked about. Um, the He-Man one is great. It's really cool. Did they talk uh, about the movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, they go they go all the way up to like what the current status of the line is and whatnot. Um, the Star Wars one is good. But if you want, if you want like a really in-depth documentary on Star Wars toys, there's a documentary on, I think it's on Hulu and Amazon Prime called Plastic Galaxies. The, the Toys That Made Us episode on Star Wars is kind of a Cliff Notes version of Plastic Galaxies. So definitely, I mean, if you want to learn, check them, check them both out. But if you only get to watch one, I would say watch Plastic Galaxies. But definitely, you should check out uh, the other episodes of Toys That Made Us because right. it's uh, it's definitely uh, an enjoyable. I can't wait. I'm hoping one of the next four is going to be Transformers. I'm trying to think what else I'd like to see in that last four Transformers. Uh, I bet if I had to guess. What they're gonna do in the last four would be Transformers, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles, maybe uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. They were kind of a phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lego, Lego. Possibly, yeah. I mean, you know, in the, in the grand seemed, pantheon of toys in the eighties. It, it yeah, it seemed very eighties centric. Well, so. That was when the toy market really took off. I was having a uh, <clears throat> a discussion, not a discussion, but I posed a question to a, a friend of mine today, actually. He's got a couple of kids. And I was just like, dude, do, do, do kids even play with action figures anymore? Are they, like, still a thing? I know they're in stores, but, like, do kids care? Is it the same yeah. as it used to be for us? I don't think it well, is. 
Well, I I don't think it is either, only because the like, kids like, have phones and stuff now. <laughs> there's no when you think about like how the cartoon shows really gave us context for playing with the toys. It was kind of like a gave us an idea of what the character is like and what they should sound like and whatnot. There's not really any Saturday morning cartoons anymore. There's not really like after school cartoons or anything. Um, so that's gone. Uh, there's just so much more out there to distract kids nowadays that I think the glory days of the quote unquote action figure line or something like that are, are long since past. Boo. Boo hiss. Yeah, I say boo that as well. I also say, dear listener, if you would like to tell us about your week, send us any questions or comments for the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's do podcast.com drew with that being said we do have some questions this week all right uh first off questions from a couple weeks ago from mr alan waiters um obviously we did not get to them for from last week because we did not record but here they are greetings from the big easy alan was down in new orleans for a little bit he is back now i've had many po boys jambalaya gator sauce and gumbo good for you alan (laughs) carl and drew Remember Gambit, our favorite raging Cajun? Why were favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Why were characters like Gambit, Jubilee, Bishop, and Rogue popular in the 90s, but not popular now like Wolverine, Storm, and Professor X? Uh, the answer is the 90s. Yeah, I think those... <laughs> they were very much emblematic yeah. of their time. Those three characters, specifically Gambit, Jubilee, and Bishop, were designed to be characters in the 90s whereas like characters like wolverine storm professor x you know they came from a time obviously before the 90s and they had endured a couple decades up to that point and they had the history behind them um it's it's hard to you know i think it was then i think it is even more so now it's hard to create new characters uh that that stick that have you know, enough to them that make you want to keep going back to them. And this is predominantly in like DC and Marvel. Um, it's obviously it's, it's going to be cause you, you can kind of set up your own rules and create your own stuff. So it's going to be easier to create characters there. But I think that it's hard to introduce new characters into a pantheon of characters that have existed for decades and, have them endure for as long as these other characters have. Yeah. And I also think that, uh, the, the guys in particular that you mentioned in the nineties, in the nineties, a lot of, there was a whole lot of, uh, style over substance, uh, designing going on. And, uh, those characters were kind of a glaring examples of that. So they've not aged very well. Yeah. Um, out of the three of them, like the one that I think is like the most, pliable to any era if they wanted would be like jubilee but it seems like they've opted not to do that with her very much 
Gambit was uh, the definition of 90s cool with the trench coat and the accent and the playing card gimmick and all that. Like he, he's very he's very cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like and same thing with like Bishop. You know, time traveling mutant with the tattoo on his face and you know very edgy. And the ascot, but you know, making it work. <laughs> work that ascot. Um, yeah, I I don't think uh, I think that edgy kind of stuff just has aged very poorly, and there's just not a lot there. Also, consider yeah. the industry kind of burned itself out in the '90s, and true, I don't know that uh, there's going to be much in the way of. Uh, I mean, Deadpool aside, he's the exception, and he's the exception for reasons that are bizarre in a way that he endured. But uh, I don't think once you get past the the the, eight, the late eighties, early nineties, I, I, there's very little in comics that that left much of a serious cultural footprint. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Okay, Carl, what would you like to see happen in 2018s in terms of comic books? What series would you like to see back in 2018? Um, what I would like to see happen in comic books uh, is most likely would not happen, and that's uh, for Marvel and DC to kind of regain creative control and get it back to editors and writers and just let themselves write good stories and, you know, not worry about uh, board of directors or the stock price and whatnot and not focus on gimmicks or, you know, event series to try jack up sales. Just, just write good stories. Sales and, and popularity are a byproduct of good stories. Uh, the con- the comics industry, I mean, at least for the big two has never been better than what when these two are just focusing on writing stories and developing their characters um but unfortunately i think those days are at least for marvel and dc are are long since past even though i think this year dc made a lot of big strides to kind of get back to that it seems like marvel's kind of trying to work back to that but uh not going as as briskly as dc is um, as far as series I would like to see back in 2018, um, you know, I've said, you know, this character has come up of things I'd like to see a couple times before for DC. I'd like to see the question, get a series back. I think that's a character is more relevant today than he's possibly ever been before. Um, I'd love to see Shazam captain Marvel get, um, I have such a hard time calling him Shazam. I just, I got to call him Captain Marvel. Um, but I would love to see him get his own series, but that's probably never going to happen. Uh, I know Ghost Rider is getting a new series at some point this year with Johnny Blaze. Um, I saw that they were doing like some sort of cosmic Ghost Rider, and I was just, no, thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got there. Uh, Drew. What Marvel villain would you like to be the most, and why? Oh dear, um, villain. Hmm. Tough call. It's hard to. It's 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 just very difficult to just not say Doctor Doom. <laughs> yeah, I he mean, leaves such a big footprint, and he's so awesome that like, who wouldn't want to be Doctor Doom? Yeah. I think that as far as if you're looking to maintain your sanity 
and just kind of, you know, keep, keep a firm grip over your life. Doom would be a good one. Fisk might be another good one. You want to avoid the mad scientist type. Yeah. Science goes awry in the Marvel universe very quickly. So I'd prefer to, um, not be insane and, and exposing myself to radiations and whatnot. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, if I'm doomed, I get my own country and my own boss armor, and and you know, it, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. But if you're Fisk, you get to be mayor of New York City. Ah, yes, that is uh, currently happening right now in Daredevil. Yeah, I, uh, I have the issue sitting here at the top of my read pile, and uh, I will let you know how that goes. We we've been not very good about reviewing Daredevil comics. We, we will, need to get we'll we get need there. to get better. We need to get better at that in 2018. That's our that's our New Year's resolution. More Daredevil in the Devil's Due. <laughs> yes, so. yes. All right. So, Alan, thank you very much for your questions. Now on to Mr. Chris Taylor. Carl and Drew, question number one. How much do you think a construction job where you just hit a wall with a ha- sledgehammer for no reason pays annually? Asking for a friend. Uh, I think they just let him show up and do what he wants. And yeah, I think he's probably paid under the table, you know. Yeah. Well, they're clearly I, not paying him in food. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a career job, air finger quotes. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I'm guessing probably less than minimum wage. <laughs> uh, question two. Do you think that once this Netflix Marvel run ends, that Disney just reboots it on their own streaming service? Hmm. Good question. Um, I don't really have an answer for you, to be honest. Um, I think they're more inclined to get everyone on their streaming service than they are to keep this Netflix deal going. Having said that, though, if they did... <laughs> I mean, it would have to be a fresh, it would have to be a reboot of these properties. Like, it would not be uh, the Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist that we know. It would be, they'd be rebooted on the Disney service, I think, anyway. Um, Being on Netflix, I think they're afforded certain uh, content advantages that I don't know that Disney wants to really put on their platform due to the age restriction and all that at least that's kind of what i've been reading so i think they would probably just go from scratch on those characters if if they did them at all um who's who's to say but at the same time if they do want to tackle uh the market they've got the more adult market um keeping it on netflix seems to be a smart idea so i i don't know i guess we'll find out yeah i don't i don't see them rebooting per se um, because to this day, Marvel really hasn't rebooted anything. I don't think they're, I think they see DC doing that a lot and they're like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. I think if they decide that the Netflix shows are just like too mature tone for their streaming service, they unfortunately just kind of put in a drawer, um, which <laughs> would leave some serious questions for this show. Um, but yeah, I don't see them necessarily doing a reboot in the traditional sense. So those were the questions from Chris, sir. Thank you very much. 
that brings to a close the cross-examination. Um, it, you know, funny thing, it's been two weeks, and we don't really have any news, per se. I've, like, double-checked what we usually uh, go over for our sources and whatnot. Um, there's not a lot going on. Uh, spoilers, Star Wars made money. Uh, <laughs> billion dollars. It hasn't even opened in China yet. Billion dollars worldwide. Um, I don't believe it will hit. It's too divisive to hit a billion dollars uh, domestically. I think it's probably. I think last I heard, it's uh, up around like six hundred between four and six hundred. So it'll probably cap out. I'd say seven fifty eight hundred. Um, I've yet to see it a second time, which I desperately want to do. Um, should be able to do that over like the next week or so, hopefully. So that being said, um, we decided, uh, you know, we know we're kind of still in the middle of Punisher and we are going to get back to Frank and his, his merry adventures, uh, soon. We're going to be getting back to him next week, but we decided for this episode first, what turned out to be the first episode of 2018 what was originally going to be the last episode 2017 is we just kind of wanted to take a look back at the year that was and just kind of talk about what some of our highlights were and what you know we thought kind of took home title best of or what have you clearly not uh, for real life, it was clearly not the best year. There's a lot of uh, questionable stuff going on out in the world. Um, multiple times this past year, we've had to open the show in the way that we would hope we never had to. Um, a, lot of, a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. But, I mean, on the other side of the coin to that, it seems like pop culture... Uh, video games, you know, things we love, things we talk about, video games, comic books, uh, movies, all had a really good year. So moving on from the the dreariness of, of reality and moving towards the hope of a new year, a new hope, if you will, see what I did there. Uh, we're just going to focus on what we really enjoyed from this past year. Uh, just going to do a, a couple couple categories here nothing too crazy uh drew i think for for you and i uh this year i think more than last uh board games became much more prevalent and we're in i think it's safe to say we're currently in a golden age of creativity and and innovation with board games and we definitely played a lot of them this year what what were your like what jumped out? What stuck with you for this year? What were your like favorites of the year? Uh, well, Luchador <laughs> is a yeah. strong contender for my favorite game maybe ever, <laughs> but we'll see about that. Uh, Luchador for sure um, is fantastic. Um, we should maybe give the people a brief description of how Luchador works and why it's so good. Well, you get to choose some pretty uh, well-designed luchadors. So you, get, you can be anyone you want, and there's a good uh, distribution of male and female characters, and they all look really cool. Um, there's a ring, and uh, it's dice-based. So uh, each player rolls four die, 
in the ring. You all, and you have to roll them at the same time. So that's kind of a interesting dynamic, especially when we had a three three way dance going because space is limited and only dice that count are the ones that stay in the ring. So uh, make sure your dice stay in the ring. Um, and the more players you have, obviously, the crazier it can get. But um, I just like it because, uh, again, I said the, earlier, the player, the guys who designed it clearly uh, know wrestling. So there's, you know, strikes, there's uh, reversals, there's blocks. And then depending on the combination of dice you roll, you can do special moves. And, you know, the special moves are, they're, you have to use your imagination, obviously, but if you've watched wrestling before, you can kind of get the idea. And they have written descriptions of the, each guy's special moves on their on their ability card. And they do really cool stuff, and guys have different specialties and strengths and weaknesses. And, um, like, even just the generic attacks are, like, things like, you know, a sleeper hold or a choke hold or an elbow drop or uh, a chair shot or a table shot even, you know? Like, it's it's pretty cool. And, um, you can do, uh, you got to pin, you have to pin your opponent to win. And, um, in the pin, the person who is being pinned has, uh, three opportunities to roll, um, three blocks or strikes, I believe to escape the pin, but they can also reverse the pin. And it's just little things like that. It's like, they clearly, uh, they, they know wrestling to a degree and, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's just very uh, well done, well designed, fun to play, and open to uh, your own rules. And that's kind of neat too. I suspect if we play this regularly, which I hope we do, we'll come up with some pretty cool house rules and more um, uh, specific kind of wrestling-based rules and, and nuance, which I think will make it even more fun. We should make a cage for it. Oh, how would we roll the dice? Well, we leave the top open. Okay. It's a cage match. You got to climb out of it. We we could. They're probably working on an expansion for that. But <laughs> I hope so. You're right. That's a good idea. So, yeah, Luchador is incredible. It's definitely in my discussion for a top game of the year. Uh, what else kind of jumps out to you? Um, It's hard to see say because we you know we vary it up a lot and i don't always necessarily remember but i do the ones we play uh you know more than once tend to stick in my mind so uh like seven wonders i definitely enjoy a lot um it's just a really good game with with good mechanics and it's it's kind of like civilization but it can card game form which i really love because i love civilization a lot so um well it's it's card slash engine and uh to to that end, I really enjoy Seven Wonders. Um, let's see, what else do I really dig? Legendary and any any kind of uh, deck building game like that, I'm a big fan of. So, um, Leg- Marvel Legendary, the DC one, also I think we've played is great. Um, the uh, Street Fighter one you got is a, is a super awesome introductory kind of. Uh, deck building game but it, it works it's fantastic it's still fun to play even though it's you know on the basic end of things did we even play that this year Street Fighter? It, seems like, it seems like a long time since we played that we must have big trouble in little china version i know we played that this year because you were all about it alan and i played a duty dice day i don't think uh you were you were there i'm talking about like new stuff you played this year mm. 
like I said, uh, the the memory is a funny thing. So, um, that's 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 to the best of my recollection. Those are my favorite okay. games of the year. Yeah. Um, Luchador me, casts a big shadow. Luchador <laughs> casts a big shadow. I've I've yet Luchador. I just discovered at the last Duty Dice Day, which was in um, November, and that was like we that was one of the most hype board games i've ever played like those of us who were playing were like shouting and cheering and like it was it was crazy fun and it instantly jumped into uh my game of the year discussion but another thing that it seems like a lot of stuff that really uh spoke to me for game of the year kind of showed up late in the year uh, but another one that really jumped into discussion in a major way very quickly was photosynthesis. Ah. And just the – it's not typically a game that I would normally um, – like if you were to describe it to me on paper, I'd be like, ah, not to you. That doesn't sound too – enticing to me but when you see the components and see the artwork and how well it's done um it's it's really an incredible game not only for how it appears but also how it plays it's one of those uh rare games that is a good introductory game to people who uh may not uh, be familiar with kind of like designer board games, things like that. But also at the same time, it is incredibly deep once you get into the gameplay of it and just how you have to think like fourth dimensionally when you're setting up your trees. Basically, it's just a game about growing and harvesting trees. That's just extremely beautiful to look at. Mechanics are fantastic. It's easy to learn, but like once you learn it, it's I would akin it to like a game of chess. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, you kind of got to plan, like you said, four dimensional. You got to plan ahead. You got to know where the sun is going to be. You got to kind of know where you want to plant your trees so that you can maximize their growth as the sun goes around the board. Um, yeah, pretty cool game. Yeah, I think Luchador and, and Photosynthesis are probably tied for my game of the year. Um, honorable mentions go to uh, Champions of Midgard, which I played this year for the first time. You have not played that yet, have you? I don't believe I have. I think you would like it. There's some dice rolling involved. as uh, worker placement, resource management. Um, so that was good. Uh, City of Iron, which I played for the first time this year, way back in the beginning of the year. Still potentially my all-time favorite game. Um, Clank, Clank is freaking fantastic. Oh yeah, Clank's good. I like Clank. S- simple mechanics with you know expert execution and the the presentation was just fantastic. But yeah, so yeah, that's kind of where board gaming for me this year. I know it's not the same for you, but for me this year, board gaming was much more prevalent and enjoyable than video gaming was this year. Hmm. Segwaying to video games. Now, I know this is going to be a much harder 
choice for you than is for me because you played a lot more this year and obviously it was a big year for you uh you love nintendo and nintendo kind of won the year with the switch um not to say that uh the playstation had a bad year per se it's just that the switch overshadowed everything um so what was your game of the year oh zelda by by a mile (laughs) breath of the wild by a mile really Uh, mario's not even in the conversation uh, it can be in the conversation, but I, when it comes down to it, I don't think it it, it just it can't win. Um, now, Breath of the Wild, I sunk over 250 hours in. I've never played any game uh, as long, and it it just doesn't even it nothing comes close. <laughs> I played it for so long, and I just I didn't want it to end. I just I I wanted to keep on playing it, and uh, when the DLC finally came out. It was like I I had taken a nice long break from it to finish Mario, and um, it was you know Mario Mario was awesome. Don't get me wrong, but uh, once I came back to Breath of the Wild, it was just like oh my god, I miss playing this game. It's I I just want to keep on playing it. Um, but I did finish the DLC, so I guess I'm I'm kind of done now. But I can drive around on my motorcycle and, and do stuff if I were, am so inclined. So um, I can keep on playing it if I want, but I'm kind of out of missions and stuff to do. So uh, unfortunately, I would like it to keep on going. They, I mean, they could put out another patch like every year if they wanted, and I would kind of love it. But um, yeah, Breath of the Wild just sucked me in and did not let me go. <laughs> Yeah, it's I've a lot of the podcasts I listen to that talk about video games and whatnot. I've, the if there's any top of the year list that Breath of the Wild is not number one on, it's Mario Odyssey. It's number one, and you know I can't, even though I didn't play Breath of the Wild, um, I, there's really no argument I can put against it from everything that I've seen that it can do and just the, uh, the phenomenon that it's become, I think for, for game of the year, it's, it's kind of, there's, it's only competition is probably Mario. It's only serious competition, um, is probably Mario. And I think ultimately breath of the wild would win out, which I mean, kind of tells you how, how good a game it is. Cause it came out in March. Yep. And it so, kept me it kept me busy until Mario came out, kind of. So yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's it was just so. Granted, I played it at my you you know you joked about my pace, but I you know I just I played it at the pace that I was comfortable with, and uh, yeah. you know it it was it, just a fantastic game, and I it, it's it's one of those it's one of those games that will be on the the Mount Rushmore of games for a long long time, and uh, yeah. those are, those are very rare. So um, I'm I'm very happy that Nintendo had it in them to do to you know to do it and that uh it launched the Switch and that the Switch took off like gangbusters um not just because of Zelda but it's a one two punch of having the right console idea with a, a true killer app that could not be denied and between the two and then Mario following it up like man the Switch is here and you know, it's not just those games that are great about the Switch. Like the Switch is just conceptually awesome. Like I, I love it. I love the idea of it. I love what it does. I love that I can take it wherever I want. 
I want games to come out for it. I'm more inclined to play them on the Switch, even even at a graphical downgrade, just because I like the the format. Like I like the flexibility of what I can do with it. Um, so you know, my PS4 is gonna get some serious play soon. Uh, I got Wolfenstein Two staring me in the eye, so I'm not worried about you know the PlayStation becoming obsolete by any stretch. I just know that I I really just love the Switch. It it's it's freeing in a way. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying mine. Um, having being able to have you know put in some serious time on it, I'm enjoying it. Uh, controllers are a little small for me. Um, Get yourself a Pro, man, you'll be all set. Yeah, it's not seventy bucks. I got to pop down on a controller. I'm not crazy about doing that just yet. No, well, um, don't complain about the ones you got. Well, no, I'm still going to complain about the ones I got because naturally you know, they're small. And to quote the Simpsons, I'm sorry, but my fingers are too fat. <laughs> and <laughs> and you'll I have, have to speak my... up because you're wearing a towel. <laughs> yeah. I don't, have, I don't have a, a water drinking duck or a pokey stick to help me with the, the buttons on the switch. <laughs> so the problem I'm running into, but I mean, I, I find I'm actually playing it more portably than I am on TV. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really enjoyable. It's, What's um what's the big anticipated game for it for 2018? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> um I I would guess uh they're banking on uh well no, it already came out. Never mind. I was going to say Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but that's out and that's not really my bag anyway. So, um I, I I'm let me let me check on that because I I don't know what they're banking on because I know I mean Metroid Prime Four is is a ways away for sure. Yeah, There's no I don't way that's that till 2019 at least. Yeah. Um, what about that? Uh, a that, cursory uh, Google here. Square, that Square uh, uh, Octo- Octopath Traveler. Yeah. Um, I don't know when that's coming out, but um, that that game I played the demo and I really enjoyed it. So if you like RPGs, that's certainly um. Up, you know, that's that's definitely something to look forward to. Is demo um, still available for download? I believe it is. Yeah, so give yeah. it a shot. Let me know what you think about it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got a Kirby game coming out on uh, the nineteenth of this month. So there's some Kirby. Granted, not you know the blockbuster that Zelda or Mario are, but Kirby's Kirby. Kirby's got fans. Kirby games are fun. Um, they're porting over Bayonetta one and two next month. And that came with the announcement of Bayonetta 3 being exclusive to Switch, which is pretty pretty awesome for Nintendo fans um, and, and Bayonetta fans. Although I, there might be some competitor console-owning fans that are upset about it, but Nintendo saved Bayonetta from being a one-and-done game. So they funded yeah. Bayonetta 2, and at this point they, they see it as you know a, a valuable IP. So they, they're keeping it rolling. Um, let's see here. I'm looking for new games here. Um, lots of indie games. I couldn't tell you any that I'm really psyched for, but there's a lot of indie content coming. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough here. This is all first quarter though. I'm trying to scroll through the, to see if anything else is sticking out at me. Uh, well for me personally, even though it's multi platform i'm still buying it for the switch uh bloodstained ritual of the night in the second quarter of the uh the year i'm super psyched uh, for that from the, the heard of that. 
That's from the maker of oh, Castlevania. The, oh yeah, yeah, you showed me that. Yes. Castle, yeah, that's cool. I'd get that for the Switch. From the maker of the from uh, the makers of Symphony of the Night. I'm I'm all in on that, dude. Yeah, that looked really sweet. Um, for me, my uh, video game of the year is the game that was unfortunately. Um, any other year, it probably would be most people's game of the year, but because Zelda was what it was, it was drastically overshadowed by Zelda. Also coming out the same week as Zelda didn't help it at all. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Uh, just a fantastic uh, story, visuals, mechanics, everything worked so right in that game. And it was just absolutely incredible to play. Um like I mentioned, unfortunately, it was overshadowed by Zelda, so it probably didn't get like the attention it possibly should have got, but again, Zelda was Zelda. Um, but yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn, fantastic. I think you can get it complete. They just came out with a big DLC expansion for it, adding like a whole new area to the map. Um, so if you guys can find it, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, so yeah, that was, I didn't play a lot of games this year. I was thinking about this the other day. I think it was like, it was horizon. Uh, I kind of started out the year still in street fighter and street fighter was kind of on and off throughout horizon. Then Tekken seven came out and I did that for a while. And then I just kind of put down for the most part, just kind of put down video games altogether until battlefront came out. And now it's just kind of switching and battlefront. So yeah. kinda, this is a, it for for as great of a year it was for game video games overall. It was a it was a surprisingly lean year for me. I can't remember a year where I have played as little as I have this year. Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. This year wasn't about quantity but quality for me. So it was mostly Zelda, um, and then Mario as well, and. Um, with some like older games uh, sprinkled in. So, you know, like I I think I replayed uh, limbo in the last year. Um, I love that game to death from the guys. That's the game, the first game from the studio that made inside, um, which we, Oh yeah. Inside was this year too. Was it now? Oh, well inside. I'm pretty sure it was. Inside's a great game. We talked about that on the show. Um, And if you like that, you should go back and play limbo because limbo is equally awesome. Um, I'm trying to think if I played anything else in the past year. I got uh, a physical copy of The Swapper for PS4, um, which is like a uh, side-scrolling Metroid-esque puzzle game. Um, fantastic game. Very like if you like if you like atmosphere and you like puzzles. Uh, this game is for you. It's just, it's excellent. You can get it on the eShops of all the various consoles, but uh, I couldn't resist buying a physical copy of it because I just, I like the game a lot. So, cool. All right. Um, I think if we kind of let that into uh, just very quickly, because I think we'll both agree, and there's really not much argument. Best game system of the year. That's I think it's the Switch. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, PlayStation had a fine year and all, but like they didn't do anything really to set them above and beyond the Switch. I think when you start the year with Zelda and you end the year with Mario, there's it's going to be it's yeah, it's the Switch. <laughs> Notice how Xbox doesn't even factor into the 
discussion God. and they and they had a new system this year i know it's you know the people we're gonna maybe they'll turn it around but man it's they the way microsoft has like seeded control of the market is cr- like the, the the 360 was 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 huge and it was yeah. a great console i mean obviously the red ring of death was terrible right but i mean they made yeah, they made but- good on it they fixed it that you know cost them a lot of money to do it but they got it right and, you know, it was a great console, and they just completely threw all that goodwill away with the, with the Xbox One in the in the lead up to it. It's it's almost unfathomable how they squandered all of that momentum from the 360. It's 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 like, it's it's like bizarre. they didn't they didn't learn from Sony's mistakes from the PlayStation Two to PlayStation Three. They yeah. just did all the same mistakes. Yeah, they got greedy. They got the, it was it was priced higher. The that that whole uh, rumor about not being able to share games, physical copies of games. Yeah, like, there, there was just a lot of bad looks for them leading up to the launch, and Sony just capitalized on it in a bad way when they launched the PS4 against it. So, yeah, it's 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 strange to me to see what happened to to Microsoft. And I found Microsoft. I mean, God, you you, you got to be somewhat disappointed. Well. Yeah, obviously, it goes without saying. You got to be disappointed in, in the turn of events. Like, do they stick around for another generation, or do they just, you know, turn tail at this point? I don't know. I think, I think they do stick around for another generation, but they're. I don't think they're gonna try to be the most powerful console on the market again. I think they're just gonna try and make a console that is kind of extension of PC, so that you can kind of play their games anywhere. More or less. It's a smart strategy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you even know anyone with an Xbox One X? I do. Oh, an X? I'm sorry. No. No, yeah. you're not. Nope. Yeah, I don't either. So, that's saying something. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's go on. Let's get a, a little more show relevant and go best comic. What, what was your comic of the year? Ooh. Um, in any given year... I will tell you that Saga is probably going to be ranking high on the list because um, it's just thoroughly good all yeah. the time, pretty much. It's like it's like you know when you're talking about the NBA MVP. Obviously, it's LeBron James, but you can't give it to LeBron James every year. Right. So. Um, best is a tough call for me. Um, I, I've I'm bad at lists, um, but Saga is always going to get a high mention. Um, likewise, uh, Paper Girls. Which is another Brian K. Vaughn book. Go figure. Um, Killer Be Killed by uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Anytime you hear that team, folks, that's going to be a good book. And sure enough, Killer Be Killed is uh, very good. Um, it's a spin on the uh, kind of vigilante kills bad guys trope, you know, if you want to call it a trope. But um, there's there's an angle to it. And uh, it's very interesting, and it's very—it's all character-based. It's not gratuitously violent, although it does get violent, obviously. But it's again, it's all in-character stuff, and there is a twist to the story. And um, it's just a really masterfully done book. I look forward to it every month. Um, unexpected surprise was the new Punisher book, um, the Platoon book, by Garth Ennis and um, Goran Parlov, the team that did several great arcs in the Max run. Garth Ennis is my definitive Punisher writer, and anything he does with the Punisher, I'm sure, is going to be great. And sure enough, he's div- he's dove back into the character after some time away, 
And, you know, this is Frank's first tour in Vietnam. And it's just a really great, great read. Um, he nails everything about Frank that you would expect. And on top of that, it's just telling a good, a good story about, you know, Vietnam and and the murky murkiness of it all. He's told that that's a, he's told similar stories about Vietnam and other books, including The Punisher. But this is just yet another one, another great example of uh, of his of his writing in that in, in in that area. He does a lot of great war comics, so that's kind of an unexpected surprise. Um, I'm thinking, uh, what else is really surprised me this year um nothing from marvel or dc really has uh been relevatory for me it's been kind of whatever um we I, liked, I, I hate uh, to say that but it's true like they're just kind of mr. There right now. mr miracle is great that's a definitely a good read i recommend it to anybody um it's 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 out there so be be aware of that but if you like kind of I hate to use the word edgy, but it, it's it's definitely a more mature take on a on a pretty nutty character. Um, you did like the the new Doom Patrol. I do like the new Doom Patrol. Um, again, that's going to be an acquired taste. I can't say that everyone's going to like that though. <laughs> um, be careful with that one, kids. If you like uh, the original Doom Patrol, oh, well, not the original, but the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, um, then you then you'll definitely like the new one by uh, uh, Gerard Way. Yeah, Gerard Way. Yeah. Um good stuff. Very very good stuff actually. Um I'm trying to think I'm trying I want to throw Marvel a bone here, but I'm, Well, you already did with Punisher. I did. You're right. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> well, I mean, Daredevil's been great this year. Yeah, it's been a Def- fun year of Daredevil. Defenders has been really good. Um uh, I want to maybe throw a tentative Good job at uh, Doomsday Clock because I am enjoying it so far. And have you read issue two? Yes. Okay. And it's it's now that we're in the DC universe. Spoilers. Uh, it's getting it, it is getting a little. It, it, the tone shift is apparent, like going from the Watchmen universe over to the DC universe. Now suddenly it does feel very comic booky, but I guess that's kind of the nature of the story is contrasting the two. So, but it's still good. I'm I'm on board to see where it goes and what the statement's going to be. But I thought I I again I've for years been against the idea of uh delving into more Watchmen, and here we are. And it's you know I'm not gonna lie it 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 it's interesting. So, I'm, I guess I'm kind of on. I'm kind of on board. I, I shouldn't be, but here I am. I, I, I read the second issue, and I thought the reveal at the end might have been a deal breaker for you. Uh, I have questions. <laughs> well, obviously, like what? Questions. How did we get here? What are we doing? But um, you know, I, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Well, he bounced. Right, <laughs> right. So I think uh, for me, I generally, as we've discussed in the past, uh, lean more towards uh, Marvel and DC. It's not that I don't like creator own stuff. It's just 
as bad a shape as they're in, I still love a lot of these characters, and I still like to read them because it's that connection to um, simpler times, for lack of a better term, which is kind of why I stick with a lot of them. Uh, that being said, my comic of the year, surprisingly, is Superman. Um, the rebirth of the DC universe is still going strong. Um, it, their output right now is better than Marvel's, in my opinion. Well, I think the sales uh, are showing that, too. And it's just the what DC has done with Superman and... You know, not so much worrying about the the tropes of the character, but kind of turn it into a family storybook, which, you know, Clark has a son now and, you know, his marriage to Lois is reestablished. And, um, and it's really a story of, of, you know, family and, and holding a family together and obviously extreme circumstances, the world they lived in. Um, and a lot of really touching father son stories, which I can relate to. Um, it's, it's a book that's relating to me, you know, where I've been in life, where my current, you know, position in life is being a father. And so that I found really speaks to me a lot. There have been a couple issues that throughout this year that I haven't, necessarily focused on action or adventure for lack of a better term just kind of focusing on telling a really good like smaller story about this family and that's something that i've really dug and a couple of not gonna lie a couple issues this year have gotten me to uh to roll a tear here and there um and it's just it's going really well and i'm i'm interested to see where they go with it next uh, there was just, and also like real close second has been Batman. Uh, Tom King is still doing a freaking amazing job on Batman. And that, uh, it's another book I look forward to whenever it's in my pile. Um, so yeah, surprisingly enough, um, the, the Superman and Batman doing terrible in theaters, but doing great in the comics. All right. So speaking of theaters, yeah, let's uh, let's get to the big mamma jamma here. What was your uh, your movie of the year? Uh, movie of the year, difficult to say. Um, I I'm a sucker for Michael Keaton, so having him back in Spider Man Homecoming gave me a lot of feels. Um, especially with the really masterfully done swerve in the movie. Uh, that he is uh, the the father of um, oh Peter's date. What's what was her name in the movie? Liz. Was it? Yeah, Liz. Oh, oh, that was great. Oh, that was man. a really, really good uh, curveball they threw us there. It was uh, it was excellent. And then that whole car ride when he gets real serious. Oh, that was I mean really good stuff. But um, favorite movie though maybe not. But uh, I, I I can't uh, deny that the Keaton the Keaton is strong. Um, Similarly, uh, The Founder, which I watched on the plane going to Thailand. Man, The Founder is a great movie. Again, Michael Keaton. Uh, what a what a great performance and what a great movie. Um, I think if I had to pin down a favorite movie of the year, um, 
I would give it to Guardians Volume 2, I think. Um, Guardians Volume 2, for some reason, has taken some heat. Uh, I don't know. Fans seem to be not into it, but I think it's just a matter of sequels not living up to their originals, and that's fair. Very few sequels ever really do. But I like Guardians 2 a lot, and it nails a lot of the heartfelt stuff in a way that I did not expect. And um, big ups to James Gunn for, you know, for doing that. Like, you know, these aren't just uh, snarky uh, sci-fi whatever movies, right? Like, they, he yeah. has a real heart. Uh, there's a real heart to James Gunn's movies, and Guardians 2 especially has a big old heart. And um, the big moments in that movie land in a, in a big way. And uh, the themes that it delivers are really strong. And the, the, the whole father-son exploration and stuff was just really great. And I never thought that I could, you know, like Yondu in the first movie is, you know, whatever. He's there. But, and Michael Rooker's cool. We love we love Michael Rooker. But I didn't think, like, yeah, you know, I, I like going into Volume 2, I didn't think that Yondu would, would really register much for me and it turns out he steals the movie and makes you cry so you know like that movie was uh just very well done very very well done probably that's i would have to throw that up as my favorite movie of the year yeah i i have to agree with you guardians is my movie of the year for obviously for all the reasons you mentioned but first and foremost again the the father-son story to it just speaks to me in a lot of ways and the fact that it was done with with such heart, and the like you'd mentioned that um, it's not something you expect from a Guardians of the Galaxy, let alone a Guardians of the Galaxy two. But just like you know, the ending I've watched it like two or three times now, and the ending is just heart wrenching, and it's like a, it's a good ending, like the funeral and. You know, the for me, the one thing that always gets me is like Groot kind of crawling up on Drax and and falling asleep. Cause that makes me, you know, think of my son and how he will do that sometimes. Um, and just those things that you learn to cherish. And, you know, the, the father and son dynamic, obviously speaking to to me and my life experiences in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, the Guardians 2, definitely uh, my film of the year. I'm surprised the like... I'm not. Su- I'm not surprised that it wasn't Star Wars. I'm surprised like there wasn't as much of a con- internal conversation with myself of Star Wars uh, being my personal film of the year. I mean, it's up there. It's up there. I think Star Wars is going to be. Hmm. How do I want to? I-, I feel like it's going to depend heavily on the next movie, what its legacy is. Like, Empire without Jedi is kind of strange, right? It's a great, yeah. it's a great movie, but it's also like it's a very strange sequel in a way. And Jedi kind of continues it and brings it home and lands all the, you know, it it it, it kind of ends everything. So it gives you the trilogy in which you can kind of look at the three films. And you've got your your first movie high point, then you've got the characters at their lowest in the middle, and then you've got, you know, the the victory at the end. And in the new trilogy, it's like, I don't know where this one's going to go, because they really 
wipe the slate clean in a lot of ways for the next one. And I don't know what that next one's going to be. So I do have this sinking, not sinking. That's the wrong word. I have, I have this suspicion that uh, the last Jedi is going to age well. Like it's, it's divisive now. I think as it is on TV and stuff more going forward and people are kind of like, you know, dialed into it or they get to just see it more and understand yeah. what what's going on. Like I said, my second viewing, once you're free of expectation and you know what the movie's, you know, trying to do, suddenly it becomes a little more enjoyable. So I I feel like it might age well. But yeah, it's, it's I, I I but I don't know that I could put it as my favorite movie of the year because I had so many uh mixed feelings on that first viewing whereas like i came out of guardians 2 and i was like i'm pretty confident that was a fantastic movie yeah i think i for we had we had a lot of comic book films this year i did i believe i did rank the comic book films uh for my top five i think number five was logan uh number four was thor ragnarok Number three was Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, number two was Wonder Woman. And number one was Guardians, obviously. So Those are all good movies. Yeah, it was uh, another another strong year for, for comic book films. Um, obviously, questions are how, how long can this pace be maintained with this genre? Uh, but I'm not going to worry about that now. I'm just going to enjoy what we got while we got it. Uh, Bring we got on Infinity War. <laughs> slow. And Black like Panther. Brother, not brother to we got Black Panther first. We sure do. Oh man, the hype is real. I'm psyched. I'm so. Yeah. I'm. I'm very psyched. That's. Uh, that's gonna be pretty crazy. But I think. Uh, I think that about puts the cherry on top of 2017. Unless there's anything I'm missing that you can think of. Um. No, I think we. Uh, I think we covered all the bases. Um. It was, it was it was a year. I don't. Yeah. Again, not getting too uh, bogged down in the real world. It was maybe not the best year, but uh, there was some good high spots in it that I did enjoy. It started off with a bang for me uh, with uh, the Kenny Omega Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom 11. And uh, speaking of which, uh, Thursday, Thursday, and th- this week, Thursday. Kenny Omega will be facing Chris Jericho in a match I never thought would ever happen, but it's happening. And Okada is facing Naito for the for the title as well. So between those two matches alone, Wrestle Kingdom should uh, get the year off, kick kicked off to a insane start and set the pace hopefully for good things in the wrestling world. So anyway, that's my little aside for for that. All right. Well, folks, that about does it here for the Snowden Courthouse for 2017. Uh, we hope you guys had a great year. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you for listening, downloading, uh, retweeting, sharing, sending in your questions, uh, telling us you know what shows you liked. Um, our last, I forgot to mention this to you, uh, Saturday night, our last Jedi episode, I've had numerous people tell me it's our best episode yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, folks, pre- tell, tell more people about our show and then we can get this whole love train growing. 
yeah, really want to see growth for the Devils do this year. Um, by all means, we want to hear from you. We want to hear like what you think we're not doing as well as we could be, what you think we are doing well, suggestions you have for the, for the show. Um, like we, if, if we're doing something and we don't hear from you guys saying that's crap or something along those lines, we don't know that's crap. We just think it's good and we're going to keep doing it. So by all means, give us some feedback. Let us know what you'd like to see from the show this year. And if you are curious, you can do that feedback at the following locations. Look at that segue. Pro, pro like. You can follow us on Twitter at Devils Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devils Do Pod. You can email us at the Devils Do Pod at gmail.com. And you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Drew, any final thoughts for 2017 or beginning of 2018? Nope. Just. Uh be excellent to each other, and let's make uh, 2018 better than 2017. Agreed, sir. Folks, thank you very much for joining us. Have a good night. Stay warm if you're in Buffalo. Court is adjourned. Mm-hmm.